Welcome to the Digital Thoughts Podcast. My name is Zan Sayed, and I am a pharmacist turned product manager. I have almost 10 years of clinical experience in oncology, ranging from inpatient all the way to outpatient. My goal with this podcast is to bring people from all sides of the conversation together so that we can learn from each other and build a better healthcare system. In this podcast, we discuss everything digital health from the people to the products. If you do enjoy what you listen to, please consider giving this podcast a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really does help a lot. Thank you very much, and let's get into the episode. Today, we have an awesome guest. Dana Lay is the CEO and founder of Wander Health. In this episode, we talk about how does Wander Health find their partners, how to build a startup, and when to make the leap into being a full-time founder, how to solicit feedback from potential customers, what are the characteristics of a successful founder, how creating content not only helped her grow her personal brand, but also her startup brand, and how she got on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. This is a jam-packed episode. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. How are you doing, Dana? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, no, thank you for uh, taking time to talk to me. You're you're a busy, you're a busy person recently, and uh, we can touch on that a little bit. But before we do, do you mind giving us a little background about yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, well, my name's Dana. I am the CEO and founder of Wander Health. What we are is an international care companion that helps travelers get access to healthcare when they're in a different country. Um, so we're really focused on non-emergency. Uh, situations right now and um, we're like an urgent care in your pocket yeah that's pretty awesome so um, what kind of got you started in this world I mean I'm assuming you travel quite a bit yeah great assumption Um, it's like you're following me on LinkedIn (laughs) (laughs) Um, well I so I guess like my um, professional experiences have been in healthcare innovation I've really, like my last uh, venture, I was, I built like seven different accelerators and uh, incubators or innovation challenges that really focused on supporting companies that, uh, or company, um, early stage companies in scaling to hospitals and selling to enterprises. And um, I just, being able to be surrounded by so many founders was such a, it was just such a blessing uh, being able to understand like why, what makes them tick, why these are their drivers, like what's interesting to them, um, why are they putting their lives on the line to change something, to transform um, a broken system. So um, that was like my past role. And then um, in my previous roles before that too, I was, I built like a community ventures program for any individuals who had ideas um, and actually built those out um, that that can actually further the health of the city of Austin in conjunction with the medical school here in Austin. And then also worked on, um, I did a lot of consulting projects that uh, focus on payment innovation. So negotiating co- multi-million dollar contracts between insurance companies and, um, and hospitals. So that is my professional experiences. And in terms of my personal experience, I do travel a lot. Last year, I flew over 50 flights alone, um, and that was that was a lot. And uh, it was pretty much like a, a flight of a week. And it it also showed me too that there's actually not a lot that has been put into healthcare 
went for people who are transient, who are running around the world. And of course, there's plenty to fix here in the U.S. healthcare system, but um, it got me thinking along with my own personal experience too. Every single time that I have gone into a different country, or if I've talked to somebody else who've gone into a different country or somebody who knows somebody who has, this has happened, where there's some type of healthcare need um, that pops up. For example, maybe you just need to stop by the pharmacy to pick up ibuprofen and the brands are unfamiliar to you. You don't know how to communicate with the cashier or the pharmacist um, because they speak a different language. And, or it could be, you know, anything, maybe a little bit more major where you fell and like you have a, um, a um, like a bruise or like um, you're scared that you broke something, and but you don't know where the nearest like clinic that has an x-ray machine is at. So, you know, you go down this rabbit hole of like Googling a bunch of places, calling a bunch of places and them telling you they don't have availability until you know, a month later or next week or, and, and you're only there for like, you know, the next like three days. So that was an issue that I had personally experienced along with a lot of other people that I had talked to once I started to dig a little bit deeper on like what this problem was. And, um, it, and it right now in the market, there's actually no clear market leader, nor, um, a solution that actually is helping that. So um, that's why I want to innovate in this space and, again, change how we currently travel and um, be able to become a household name. Yeah, no, and I think that I think it's definitely something that's needed to somebody who's traveled abroad and has family abroad. Even being in the medical field, I don't know the different like, OK, you know, what is what is Tylenol called in Spain or whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be. So even like for people like me who are. I'm a pharmacist. Drugs are my yeah, literal yeah. thing. For me, it's even difficult. So I can't even imagine for others. And, you know, like healthcare is so personal. Anything that happens, even at home, you get like really worried and stressed out. I mean, when if it's abroad and you have no idea what's going on, it's even worse. Yeah, exactly. We We say that we want to make sure that you're not surprised at your medical bill. Um, it should just, your surprise should be your travel experience, not the medical bill itself. But yeah, I completely get it. I mean, I have a whole master's degree in healthcare administration. And like, if I can't, if it takes me half the day or a whole day to figure it out, then I can't imagine like somebody who doesn't have that um, expertise. Yeah, no, for sure. So how is, so how are you guys doing that? Or is it, um, I guess I'll just leave it at that. How, how, how are you guys solving that problem? Yeah. So what we're doing is partnering with local vetted uh, doctors, clinics, pharmacies. In um, right now, our actually our first launch market is Mexico, and we're partnering with them to ensure that you can come to Wander Health and be able to know that like these are all these are all providers that can actually like provide you with five star care. Um, they may the the five star care may be look different compared to your country, but what we we know it's the best in that particular area um, based off of like the standards and the framework and the vetting process that they have to go through. Um, and we don't just let anybody onto our platform in terms of the, um, the clinician side. We have to make sure that, again, they check all the boxes that um, to ensure that this is like they're delivering safe medical care. 
Awesome. So yeah, so the, we were putting it on a platform and um, people are able to book through our platform along with uh, get medication, over-the-counter medications delivered to, to wherever they need to, uh, for it to be delivered. Oh, cool. So they're, they're your, so you're, okay. So one, I have a couple of questions. We'll start with the first one. Yeah. So how, what is the vetting process? Do you, can you, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So, uh, what we do is actually, we understand, like, we, we have to make sure that everything's like localized, um, for that particular country, for that city, making sure that like these particular providers have gotten really positive testimonials from previous, um, uh, patients. Um, along with understanding like the cleanliness, understanding um, the the availability that they have. What we actually offer too is that again, it's same day next day um, appointments. So we've we've negotiated with these clinicians that they will be able to provide our our patients, our travelers um, for through Wander Health uh, priority access. So you know, like you will get an appointment today or tomorrow. And um, you know that you won't actually, you won't wait longer than 15 minutes in the waiting room if you're going in the clinic as well. So we, and we wanna make that like a positive experience. Um, and yeah, so we, there's a, a variety of fact, like factors we look at, like also licensure, credentials, um, ensuring that again, like testimonials, uh, cleanliness of the clinic, uh, yeah. The, bunch of other factors too that's awesome um so is it so do the customers meaning the patient are, are they do they play like a flat fee or is it something like upfront or is it something that they're billed after the service is rendered yeah i mean i'll send this to you later but like for our early users we're actually waiving the membership fee okay. um and as we continue to expand like we want to ensure that you know we are delivering the best product and the best service to our, um, to our patients, our customers. Um, it's a concierge at the end of the day. So again, we wanna make sure that we're, it's personalized to the user. Um, and we understand also, most people are reactive when it comes to their healthcare. So when you need it, that's when you go onto our platform, right? So like, you're not having to pay, like we're not an insurance product. So you're not necessarily paying, you know, for like, Oh, I'm going on a trip for like two weeks. I need to buy insurance for it. Like, again, where we get you from when you're sick, ill, or injured um, to the appropriate healthcare resource and what you pay for each service that you need. So, if you need an appointment uh, for a consultation, that's what you're going to pay for. If you um, need to purchase medication um, and get it delivered, that's what you're going to pay for. You're not paying for anything more than just the service itself at the moment. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of like what our model is right now. Cool, yeah. Uh, then the other thing you touched on was delivering medications. Um, so is that for all, for all the areas, all the clinics that you're partnering with, or will all of them provide the delivery service? It's actually the pharmacy. Oh, pharmacy, I'm I mean, sorry, with. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I have, um, I'm, I'm partnering with a pharmacy that does like is an expert in doing this already. Like they're yeah. currently doing that all throughout Mexico city. However, um, actually a lot of different, uh, like if you go to different places in Mexico, um, and the, a lot of the online pharmacy deliveries is all in Spanish. And like, I'm personally not fluent in Spanish, but, um, I don't think everyone is either. So it can be a little intimidating when you're ordering through a site that you 
may not know if this is like legitimate or not. You're not familiar with the brand. You're not, um, you don't know again, like what is Tylenol? What is um, Advil here? So we're partnering with them for them to actually fulfill the delivery requests. Um, and you can also understand, you know, like this is for like, like for cold uh, flu, this is for motion sickness. This is for all these things. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of currently what we're doing with the pharmacy. That's pretty cool. And I think that again, going back to like the anxiety of it, right? Like you're already sick, you need now and you have to go kind of find a pharmacy. At least this, you're kind of cutting a lot of that out, a lot of that anxiety out and knowing that you're going to get the right medication basically at your doorstep. Yeah. And it's, it's optimizing your trip too, right? Like you don't have to figure out when you can stop by a pharmacy and and you, you know, usually when you go to that pharmacy, anyway, you're confused and it takes more time than usually just a pick up and go. So we want to just kind of make sure that that's not happening and we're going, you can just order it online. It's delivered to your hotel later that day and all, all is good. Awesome. So you, right now you said you're in Mexico city. Yeah. And, um, what are, is there any plans to, I guess, like, how, what are the logistics of finding these people? Like, it seems like it's such a huge undertaking and I'm just like, just stuck on how are you doing this kind of by yourself? Because you're bootstrapping this, right? Bootstrapping. I'm a solo founder currently. Uh, I do have a few uh, part-time contractors. That's been very helpful. Um, but yeah, I do plan to expand to other tourist cities in Mexico. The reason why I'm targeting Mexico is because 43% of all international travel from the U.S. is to Mexico, which is a large mm -hmm. population, and so uh, that's why we're focusing our efforts in in, the, in that country. And um, yeah, I think that like the, how we've been able to do it all is that like I know I know my strengths. I've self reflected, understood like you know this is what I'm good at. This is what I should spend my time on. This is what I shouldn't spend my time on, and then figure out like who are the what type of work can I outsource? What type of work can I delegate? Um, that has helped me free up a lot of my time. Um, I think also being an early stage startup founder too, it's a, it's a lot of noise. You'll get advice from everyone and every, like everywhere. And it's up to you to decide what you're going to take and what you're going to use for your company. Um, not all advice is good advice, uh, nor is it, relevant and um and you know some people think that oh we need to fundraise uh before they even have the idea or even have the product or anything like that but and you know everyone has different strategies to this but um for me i believe that like you know i believe that i should put my own capital into something that i truly have um, conviction in um, and that's why I'm bootstrapped and get it to the point where I'm able to do many experiments and tests to see that there is an opportunity here. Like somebody is going to pay for this service or this product or anything like that. Um, and of course, like I'm, I'm privileged enough to have worked other corporate roles to have savings to do so. Not everyone's in the same position. And I also don't have any dependents either. Um, so I get it um, that sometimes you do need the fundraise to fundraise beforehand, but for them, for, you know, just a, a somebody in her twenties and um, just as an individual, it, it made sense to me that I can forgo a salary um, and for, you know, the next few months to make sure that I can get this up and running. 
Yeah, no, and it's uh, maybe we can kind of touch on that a little bit. You know, I think that's one thing that a lot of people struggle with is when to make that leap, right? Because um, there's a lot of people, I mean, I've talked to a lot of brilliant people that have amazing ideas and it kind of stalls at the idea stage or it gets some traction, but they're part-time and they don't really know when to make the leap. Um, as someone who's made the leap, you know, what what kind of helped you along the way? Yeah, I think um, I think you need to set um, certain milestones for yourself on at what point will you take that leap it can be different for everybody. It could be when you start making money on that venture that you're working on, or when you feel that you have reached your maximum capacity with everything you have signed up, you signed yourself up for. Um, for me, it was the latter. Um, I had a full-time job that took up a lot of my time and I wasn't able to work on my idea after work as much as I did, you know, like I, I was able to work on it, oh, like kind of part-time, but not you know, not even like, like I, I could probably do 10 hours a week for it. And that, that's not enough time to build a like scalable business. Yeah. So I took the leap. I, you know, jumped into it because I was like, I know that this is a pain point. I've talked to over a hundred users before I left or potential users before I left my job to hear their stories, to understand what has happened to them, why this is like so annoying to them that they would pay money for before I decided, okay, I'm onto something time to like, let this go, like let, let my um, job go and move on to the next. And yeah. And it, I'm, I, I'm really happy I did that because now being full time on it, I can fully invest in like my dream, my vision, my idea. And change a bunch of lives along the way. I think that, um, again, it's, it's, it's one of those like risk, like how much risk do you have? Also, like, again, I'm not, I'm like an individual need. I just need to worry about myself versus like other people may have other mouths to feed. Um, so it, it all, it all depends. And I don't think you, you need to stop cutting yourself short. I think even when you're an individual, it's really hard to make the jump. Um, because I mean, you have to have conviction and you kind of mentioned it before, right? Like when you're doing a startup, like I, I and I, I say this a lot, like you have to be, you have to be delusional to the point where you have to believe, yeah. you have to believe with your whole heart, like, Hey, this is going to work. And, but then you also have to be humble enough to like take in the right advice, right? You know, you're saying there's so much noise along the way. And that's why I think being a founder is just difficult regardless of what is happening around you. How many, how many dependents you have anything like not anyone can do it, right? Like there's a lot of people that have a lot of money that have no dependents that struggle or outright fail, right? So yeah. I would definitely not cut yourself short on that, please. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I think that like, um, yeah, I, I think it definitely is like a lot of factors and everyone's uh, situation is different for sure. Um, and I also think that like, yeah, like somebody's like, um, salary can be like, you know, a big change for them too, because like, I know that I'm living a lifestyle that is like completely different from when I had a full-time job, um, and a salary role, because like now I have to really watch my budget and think about like, what is, what makes like me spending this a hundred dollars here, is that going to affect my, like, like what I can spend that hundred dollars elsewhere in my business, you know, like 
so it, you just have to be more more aware <laughs> um on like what how you use your your money so so, yeah. you're, so you're saying starting a startup isn't all glamour and money flowing everywhere and the you know yeah. private jets is that what you're something is that what you're telling us <laughs> i mean one day i hope that's the case but uh not today not in the early days and i think a lot of people get into startups for the wrong reasons sometimes i'm i'm i love advocating for entrepreneurship i love when people build new ideas and build stuff that they are really passionate about however i don't think it's for everyone nor does it need to be for everybody because there's the people who are just great users or great um like influencers and all that but i think that if if you're getting into the startup founder life for all the glitz the glam the you know exposure the press opportunities like all those things like there are better ways and easier ways to do that um most of the time, like I am like in my PJs on a beanbag working on my company rather than running around and speaking and what you see on social media. It, it, it's so much. Yeah, there's just much more work than people think uh, it's it's going to take. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that that's one thing that I don't think you really appreciate it until you've actually done it right like you and it's also even if you have co-founders it's still like a very lonely journey like i think that's another thing that people take for granted is you're on your own you have a lot of people i mean there's a lot of advice but there's a lot of people also telling you that you're crazy and you have to kind of like and then you know like that's why i say like you have to have such a strong foundation and it helps to have co-founders that are as delusional as you are but still, even with all that, it, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's a struggle, you know, just to kind of get through it. You know, any little, any little bump could be the end. I mean, at least that's what you're kind of thinking, like, oh, my God, is this the end of it all? And um, so, yeah, I mean, I have the utmost respect for anyone even, who even tries it because it's, it's really life-changing, for better or for worse, right? Like, my startup failed, uh, but I learned so much from but it. But you did it. You tried yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I learned so much from it. I used to look at it as a failure. never used to talk about it. But then, you know, I kind of, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have those experiences, right? So, um, yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. It's, it's, it's a, it's, but it's like a, it's a, like amazing journey. I wish that more people would try it. But I think also, I think people get, and not, not that they come in with the wrong intentions, but they kind of just look at the end product, but not those, all the work that went into to get to the end product. It's the journey. You have to appreciate the journey because I mean, I know that like, it's hard work, but I really, I've been really enjoying the journey. I know that like, it's going to take time. Like it, it, it's just, yeah, you have to be patient. You have to be resilient. You have to, um, be decisive. Like those are like really big traits you need as a founder to ensure that you can get to that next step. And yes, you're right. You have to be a little delusional in a sense to know, like you a hundred million percent believe that your idea is going to work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, and you're right. I have like so much more respect for like, cause before I was advising founders and like vetting a bunch of startups too. But now I understand that it was so much like the advice that I offered it, it like people are listening, you know, like it's not just me like giving advice, like willy nilly, like people are listening and taking it to heart and any like type of feedback you provide it, it, you know, like it's, it, it can be like, 
it could change the trajectory of their company because like com like startups are typically smaller. Um, so like hearing from like somebody who's an expert, it's like you actually take it in versus like if you're like working at a, a large corporate company, someone gives you advice. Oh, you should think of this or whatever. And, you know, it's going to take months for anything to happen or change because of all the red tape and um, getting it approved and everything. But yeah, like I, I think that like, um, like startups in general uh, should should get more street cred than they, they deserve. Yeah, and that's why, like, even if I don't agree with the startup or what it is or what they're building doesn't make sense to me, I like I said, I still have mad respect for them because just to just to even put yourself out there saying, hey, this is my idea, and you're that's another thing that people don't realize is, like, when you're attacking the company you work for, it's the company. It's not really you. Like, you're in a different department. You know, you don't have yeah. anything to do with them. But when, like, somebody is talking about your startup, that is literally you. Like, you personally. Like, you can't separate it, right? You can't. It's it's literally yeah, your yeah. your thing, and it's and it's like oh, yeah. and so it's it's. I don't think people understand that until they actually go through it. And I think if more people were founders, they would be a little nicer in there. They'd be nicer. They'd be nicer in their critiques. I know. Um, but uh, I know. Uh, that's the so when you I do want to touch on. So you said you spoke to like a bunch of people before you even started, and I think that's amazing. I think a lot more people need to do that, and a lot more people don't. They kind of just like, hey, this is a problem I face. But like when you were soliciting feedback, how did you make sure that it wasn't like, oh, yeah, we know you, you're doing great. Like, you know, like that, oh, we don't want to hurt your feelings kind of feedback, like where you yes. were getting like actual like good feedback that you can kind of be like, okay, yeah, this is, this is like, you can get conviction off of it. Yeah. I focused on previous experiences and um, problem discovery for the target market. And I felt like, well, let's take a step back. I felt like that whole process made me feel like a little scientist because I had hypothesis, I had a market, I had assumptions to my hypothesis and everything. And I was testing out and I like made this little chart and I was testing out like, is my hypothesis correct? Are my assumptions correct? And looked for the target market that I was um, originally aiming to go after. And instead of the questions, I... I like, instead of like me asking questions on like, what do you think about this product? Like, how does this make you feel? Like, would you buy something? Like, those are all hypotheticals versus like, well, have you gotten sick in the past um, when you've been in a different country? Okay, you have. Well, what'd you do? Like, how was, like, how was that experience for you? Like, did that, like, would you have paid to figure out like, Oh, the, that well going back see like now i'm like ca catching myself too the would you's taking those out and understanding again like what did they do and did they look at alternatives because it was so it was so sucky and painful that they had they were trying to figure out like a hacky way to figure it out are there any solutions that are already out there because then you can hear like oh i actually looked here and did this and blah 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 and i was like okay that's an alternative um but again, yeah, more focused on the problem and, yeah. um, and like what their and previous experiences are rather than the what ifs, would you, all that. Yeah, no, I think that's extremely important. There's a book somebody recommended to me. It was called The Mom Test. And it was kind of, so you, you, you read it as well. Yeah. It's yeah. like really short. And if anyone is doing anything about user interview, I think any everyone should just read it in general. But like, you know, one of the biggest things was like asking for 
actual events that happened, right? Like don't ask like big questions and make them give you a scenario that they went through and what they were doing and like mm-hmm. make them walk through that because people will not lie about their actual experience, but they might lie to you if you just ask them in general, like, hey, what do you think about this idea? Or I'm building this company. Of course, they're not going to yeah. hurt you. Most people are not going to, and, and especially in your circle of friends, your family or whatever, most of them will not hurt your feelings. They're like, oh yeah, this is great. You're going to do great. You're going to you're yeah. be a millionaire next year. Yeah. yeah. They're your cheerleaders, <laughs> but it's like, they may not be your, like the target market or the customer that <laughs> you're trying to sell to. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. I love the mom test. It was super easy read, super helpful for a user research interviews. Um, cause it just changes, like it shifts the types of questions that you are asking. Yeah. And it's, it's like, yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the best books you could read if you're in the startup world in general, cause I think user interviews in general are one of the, they're like a cheat code. If you can do it right. Like they can literally mm-hmm. like make or break you if in or guide you in the right direction right like a lot of times that you see i've talked to people and they're like oh how many people and they're like oh yeah we had a bunch of people say yeah they would do it and then they launch it and it's like crickets no one's buying anything and they were expecting like yeah. this horde of people coming through and it, you feel bad but a lot of that could have been solved if they had just asked the right questions or asked the right people or just asking the question the right way and it it can help it just, it just, I just get sad when that happens to people and I don't want it to happen to people. So just read the mom test guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So you're, you, you had mentioned this a couple of times. So in your previous career, you were helping startups and evaluating them and vetting them out. So like, what were, um, what were things that really like made a startup, like rise up the level for you? Like, was there something specifically that they were doing the founder team, whatever, like, was there something that you were looking at or something that you saw? Uh, was a common thread between like successful startups versus uh, ones that didn't make it? Yeah. So um, each accelerator that I like had put on had different criterias. Um, So it just depended on like, that's how like we were able to vet them. But in terms of like skill sets from the founders um, that we work directly with, it's the ability to leave your ego, like put your ego aside because at some point it will like, you know, there's like, a the market will humble your ego. Um, and I think that like, because we worked with early stage founders that were all post revenue and, um, had at least one enterprise contract, like they, if they had an ego, it was like already gone at that point. And, um, they were very, very open to feedback. You're okay to like, you're also able to like take the punches and the no's and the rejections. Like, I know people say that like all the time, like you're going to get a thousand no's until you get that one yes. And that one yes can change your like life or your company's growth and or trajectory. But it, you know, sometimes being rejected hurts and like, you have to be like so confident and so sure that like, again, your company is solving a big problem and it's going to help help millions of people. And I I think that like the founders who were more resilient and took feedback really well and um, didn't let like their uh, egos or like just like them thinking that like, I know best, I'm gonna do whatever I want. And like, those were the types of founders that like actually like they, they did better. Um, and like, I think like 
the biggest the biggest characteristic that I saw that um, that really set the amazing founders from the other founders apart um, was just like how hungry are you like what like what is their like drive like are they chasing the opportunities to get them to that next milestone or are they just waiting for opportunities to come to them because if you're waiting it's not it's not going to come it's going to take longer to come maybe i don't know but like if you're chasing every opportunity you see you're doing it in a timely manner you're reaching out to the appropriate um resources and contacts like and you have to be strategic about it too again going back to the noise thing like you can't just reach out to everyone in your network and hope that like you know it's it's gonna work out in your favor but you have to use your time wisely um but yeah those who are like truly really hungry were incredible yeah i mean it's it's kind of weird right you have to be you have to be hungry driven almost like you have to be so like single-minded focused to like push through like break through the wall but at the same time you have to be humble enough to and i think that's where i think that's where like you have like you have to have that perfect balance and that's why it's so hard and like i said the ones that make it they you can tell like all of them yeah they they, uh, in the outside again it's like what you portray versus what you're going through right in the outside they're like they have to be very confident they have to be very like like hey this is my way or the highway we we're doing this but then in the back end, you don't see all of the rejections, all of the advice, all of yeah. their partners telling them this, this, and this, um, and you know them like having to take it, and you know, and and hopefully work be better. But you know what, you know you're kind of in the beginning stage of your startup, and I'm sure that you have advisors or partners or people that you lean on, right? Like, how do you pick those people? Like, how do you know that they're the right person to be in that position for you? I think that typically like the individual provides support without belief without uh assuming that they're going to get something in return i mean there's there's plenty of like partners that you know you start out it being transaction um or uh, transactional already but um the my mentors and advisors like it has been feeling like you know the relationship started with just like asking for advice and they're offering it regardless of like you asking them to like formally be an advisor or formally be a mentor or like anything like that though you know that they're there um in for your like for you and in your best interest like because they believe in your company so much or they believe in you so much that they're going to support regardless and um and you know like uh, i lean on people who have um gone through the process already like they built a company they sold it or they've um you know built multiple companies they've invested in unicorns like they are they see like they know what to look for and what to see and where like how to get there and so i'm leaning on those who are like experienced um not necessarily the people who are say like you know they're just around startups like so Again, like, I think it's just the intent. Like, I really like the people who are there regardless if there's a financial tra- transaction or, or anything like that. But, um, you know, it, it, the, the, it, not everyone comes by, like, in, like, great people like that. But I think I've been fortunate that I, I have some, some good people to lean on right now. Yeah, no, and I think that that's amazing. Like, having a support system is so important um, because there's so many things that, 
I mean, even just starting, like how to incorporate, right? Like, I, I mean, like that in itself, like I think a lot of people struggle with, right? Uh, just like things like that that you don't think about, right? Like, um, you know, LLC versus uh, S Corp or whatever, you know, like there's certain things where you can take funding and certain things you can't. And, and you, a lot of times you find out at the very last moment, you're like, holy crap, I can't do this. We got to, we got to wait for a little bit. I mean, that's like, those are the things that people struggle with. And those are the things that it's not always, sometimes you need the idea. You just need like those little things that will trip you up and they know it, it tripped them up and then they've seen other people trip up and they can just help you kind of not trip there. Yeah. It's, it's karma. You have to make sure that like you're helping out the people who are aspiring and trying to be like, um, you like make, not make the same mistakes that they like you've made. So, um, yeah, I know. Like, and I think that's why a lot of investors and, um, people in general really like, um, serial entrepreneurs or like entrepreneurs who have like done this in the past because you don't sit around for like the first like three to six months of your like company um grow or your your company like life cycle um figuring out those little things um because that you've done it already you like instantly know who to go how to um, incorporate um what's good for you what's not are these the right terms to take are these is this not like all those things so um so yeah like i i completely agree and i appreciate like any generosity from um previous founders too yeah no for sure i mean was there something that was really surprising to you when you when you started down this founder journey like was there something like that you just did not expect yeah um i expected people to you know just be a little bit more um supporting i guess um and we talked about this right like where you know like now we have like mad respect for like those who've gone through the process or going through the process but like the people who haven't it's easy for them to judge and easy for them to provide like negative like feedback without really thinking much of it, but it does hurt when you're hurting again, you're saying something about it, but the company, you're also hurting the, the person. Um, you know, I became like, I went a little bit more into content creating when I, um, started this company because I knew that I wanted to build my personal brand and I knew that I wanted to build the company's brand. And I was able to do that. Like my, like me months of me content creating, led up to when I came out of stealth mode and I was able to generate over 500 like people to sign up on my wait list for my company. But when I was, you know, starting the content creating kind of like, um, lifestyle, of course I got some negative feedback, um, from people or negative comments when people are like, Oh, like, this is like, you know, why is she doing this? Or like, why doesn't she talk about this more? Or like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I'm first off, like I'm putting myself out there, you know, to be like, honestly, like my life, my uh, career, my um, company, like out in the public. And I know that, yes, there is going to be criticism, but they're not doing it. Like, you know, it's it's easy for them to just say something bad or negative and and whatnot but they don't know that like it 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 hurts and it sucks and 
Um, but again, you know, you move past it and it's like one of those things where you're like, okay, well, like the, they're haters and, you know, they're not doing what you're doing and you just got to keep moving and uh, chugging along. Yeah, no, I, I like to call them the well actually crowd. Where you put something, well, actually, and it's just like, um, yeah. where, what's your experience in this? What's, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I was, I was like kind of laughing, not laughing at you, but like laughing at the situation. Cause I know exactly what you're saying. Like as somebody who is extremely definitely scared of social media still to this day, I still, before I post a newsletter, podcast, whatever it is, I have to think like three times before it goes out because like I'm scared of this and that and you know they're they're just thankfully I haven't received I'm still baffled why people are so negative online like just scroll past it like what what yeah, is the problem like, how does yeah exactly <laughs> but uh so I don't want to get too much in the negative side but like you know you talked about content creation and building your brand before you were starting it right and I think that that's something that's really important but like why why do you think why did you do that and like what was like what did you have like a like a strategy towards what you were doing or was it kind of like hey i'm just gonna get myself out there and we'll take care of the rest yeah i wanted to i wanted um the public to know that like i was a thought leader in health tech or just like in um being able to just like be honest and transparent on like my healthcare journey or my uh, entrepreneurial journey. So I felt that like there wasn't a lot of posts or um, content out there. Like, and if there was, it was just like, it didn't, like those people didn't look like me, didn't go through the same things I did or like, um, it, it just didn't feel like I could relate as much. So it was nice to, you know, start just kind of like writing. And I'm like, I don't know who's going to read this, but hopefully somebody does. And, um, and it started to pick up a lot of traction. And um, I was able to like, you know, go I, I my platform, my favorite platform is LinkedIn, because I think that um, that reach, like whatever algorithm they're, they're using or doing, like, when somebody likes your posts or comments, like it, shows up to their network too so the reach is like even further than just instagram or um, facebook or twitter or anything like that so um and the types of people that i wanted to showcase my thought leadership and my um my journey was it was on linkedin like because it was all kind of more so professional um so i yeah i like really enjoyed doing that and then yeah it just started to pick up and it started, then I started to strategize about it. Uh, at first I was just more so kind of like, here, it's just like, like this is stuff out there. Um, let's see what happens. Um, then I started to strategize a little bit more about it because then I'm like, okay, well, now that people are starting, like I know people are reading and people are liking the content that I'm posting. Now let me try actually thinking about like the, you know, the types of like posts that I should be putting out. like what's the image that i want to portray to others so they know that like whatever i'm building regardless if it is wander health or just some random like initiative that i'm funding or whatever it is like they are going to trust in me because i'm i'm putting myself out out there like i'm writing about things that i've learned i'm like um making sure i'm not gatekeeping you know like 
So, um, so yeah, so then I think that has been really helpful again for like my personal like brand along with my, my company's brand. Yeah, no, LinkedIn is at that stage where all like, you know, Instagram used to be like this, like, you know, five, six, seven years ago, Facebook was like this, like, like 10 ish, like eight years, seven, seven, eight years ago, where they don't have a lot of people creating content. I mean, I think LinkedIn has some crazy stat where like, it's only like 98% of people don't, they're just there to like scroll and like lurk. And it's really only oh. like one or it's like, it's like in the single digits of people that create content. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty insane. So like right now, if you're trying to create content or anything, LinkedIn has an amazing reach because they are trying to get people going. And, and also to your point, it's been one of the, again, I'm not a big social media person. It's one of the, been the one that I like to do because again, you're, it's more professional just by the nature of it. And like people are coming there for different things versus like whatever. And, um, you can connect and you can, it's not a, it's not a fake, um, Instagram picture that people <laughs> posed or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I get it. And people are coming there for like, like knowledge or like some sort of, you know, some sort of information of something. Right. And they're looking for people to connect with. And that's the other thing, right? They're like actively looking for people to connect with in the industry or, you know, I've met so many people just by reaching out to them and saying, Hey, um, would you want to, I mean, that's how we met, right? Like I saw, po yeah, I, exactly. I literally saw a post of yours and I was like, Oh, this person is interesting. Let me just reach out. And you know, uh, you, you said, yeah, let's meet. And then that now we're talking here. here we so, are. <laughs> so definitely, you know, people that are not on the train, definitely get on the train because, um, it's amazing. You get to meet so many amazing people. And the other thing is like, you know, kind of tying back to the founder journey, like you've really like find people that are so passionate and other passionate people like you. And I think that's one thing that, um, being a founder, it's really important to surround yourself with passion, you know, people that are passionate, they might not be building the same thing you are, or may not even be in the same industry as you, but they're passionate about something and they're moving towards it. And anytime you're down, you can just hit them up and, you know, talk to them. You don't even have to talk to them about your own problem, but they just, their energy is just infectious and you kind of realize why you're doing this all over again. Yeah, I completely agree. The community is awesome. You're right. Like I, I've met great people like yourself along with like other people that I don't know in what world I would be able to meet. Um, but it's given me a lot of opportunities, like speaking engagements, press opportunities, um, like networking events, like a, a plenty of things that like, again, like if I just stayed, stayed silent and didn't great content, no one would know like what I'm an expert in or what my experience is or like what I can talk about, what I can share, but being more active and being more, um, more public, it really has helped a lot. Um, yeah. And I love hearing the stories of like, um, like even like I I'm part of a residency program right now, kind of like an accelerator and somebody reached out to me on, um, and it, they chatted me and they were like, you know, I, I'm actually like very happy to see you at part of this cohort because I actually saw your LinkedIn post a month ago and I was like, I know that person. Like, <laughs> so it's like one of those things where you're like, whoa, like, like I, I looked him up and I had no connections with him and it's like, it, it reaches that far. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. Like I've had people reach out to me and I'm not at any level of anyone really. Um, and I'm, so if I yes, can do it, <laughs> if I can do it, people, you can do it. But yeah, if people reaching out to me, you know, like with certain things I write and they're like, oh, thank you for putting this out there. You know, I've been 
they've never liked anything, but they will regurgitate like my last like four things that I've posted. And they're like, again, they're just lurking, whatever. They're just like supporting me from the sideline, which is I have those people too. Which 100% okay. Yeah, I have those but like too. when they message you, it's just like, holy crap, like people are reading this, people are seeing this. Like, what is going on? Like, I like, I feel like, you know, for me, it was just like screaming into the void. And I was like, eh, if somebody reads it, great. If nobody reads it, whatever. Uh, but I'm like, holy crap. Like when you get those messages, it's like, it's like crazy because you're just like, how is this possible? I'm just some random dude in Wisconsin who which is just weird, right? Like I have weird thoughts and ideas in terms of like, you know, th they were just stuck in my head that I was just trying now. This is just my outlet. I use it as a cathartic moment for me, like the, all the issues that I was dealing with or all the problems that I want to solve. I just kind of put it out there and see what happens. So, but yeah, yeah. I completely agree. It's amazing. But uh, on terms of the press thing, I don't know if you want to touch on it or not, but you are on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. How did that happen? Like how, how does, what does that process look like? Yeah. I, anytime anybody asks me about it, it's like, I don't even know what the <laughs> magic formula is for it. Um, but yeah, I am. And um, I got um, awarded in North America for the healthcare list uh, last year. And um, it's great. I, I even heard like healthcare was the hardest is the hardest list to get on. And they had like tens of thousands of applicants. Um, I, I think that like that process was also one of those things where I like threw my name in the hat and figured it out. I think a lot of people think, oh, like you have to know somebody, like somebody has to refer you or recommend you or like, et cetera. And like, that wasn't my experience. Like I nominated myself. I wrote like what, like my essays and everything like that I put in energy, time and effort into it. And, um, and I was, I, I found out like when everyone else found out when it got published. Um, and it's great. That community has been incredible. Um, I think part of why I got it too, was because I was doing something innovative. Like my last role, I was part of the founding team of building a global consortium of 60 plus hospitals from around the world that were interested in accelerating pediatric innovation. And that has never been done like ever. And so that, that was something unique and different while like my other fellow listers on the healthcare list were like scientists and doctors and researchers and, you know, they're curing cancer and, um, or there are other startup founders that have raised like millions of dollars or like made millions of dollars or anything like that. So it, it was a little different, but, um, I think they like different and they want to see like the impact and um you you've been able to make or how much money you've been able to make um, but every list like category is a little different but i'm i'm happy that i'm a part of it because i've met incredible people who similar to what you're saying like it's the people who are like as crazy as you maybe doing different things in their own different lane but they are so passionate in you know in whatever they're trying to build or whatever they're chasing that you just get even more inspired. You like hype each other up. You understand each other because like right now, like honestly, like my friend group, it's a little bit difficult because like my own personal friend group, like I have of course other friends who are founder friends, but like my own personal friend groups, like it's a little difficult to truly express and tell them like what I'm going through unless they have done it. Um, so it's, it's a different outlet. Um, and I think that like, not only the Forbes list is a way to like, find those types of people, but, um, there's plenty of other programs too, that are just, you're, you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of other, um, innovators, like 
trailblazers, game changers, like they, they're all, they are all there. You just have to, you know, work a little bit harder to find them, but they're there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's some great advice too. Like just, just stop thinking and just do it, you know, like, you know, just try it. I mean, if you didn't just like, Hey, let me just try it out. It would have never happened. Right. Like, you know, nothing is going to, nothing is going to come to you. I think there's this, like, I mean, yes, life is unfair hundred percent. I'm not going to say that, but there are ways to, there are ways to kind of get your own path and get to where you need to get to. It's just a matter of sometimes you have to be a little bit more creative or just, or literally just try. Like, I think that's what I think people take that for granted is just, the act of just trying and just like because because there's so many people they're like oh you know what it's gonna, there's gonna be so many people in there i mean if everyone does that then you know they... you already lose you <laughs> already lose like you never even gave yourself a chance exactly. like being a, i think that like that's the biggest thing too and i love that you say that because that's the same advice i tell everyone on like truly that's how i feel like i've gotten the things that i've gotten is because i like tried like y- y- the chance of you not try like yes you put in the time and effort into like an application or the interview or the um opportunity yes you do lose that but like if you get it like it's going significantly like help you and your career your uh goals your dreams or everything like that but yeah just trying and you know applying or just doing it is is like a big thing i actually kind of I did a TED talk uh, on, on, uh, my topic was, uh, changing your what ifs into reality. And that's what, um, I spoke about was just literally just do. And then all the productivity hacks that I did to get you where to, to get you to that point. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. No, and I think that's like, that's the best advice anyone can do is just try it. You're going to fail. It's okay. Um, just as long as nothing, no bodily harm came to you yes exactly you should be okay but uh but uh before we kind of end this i would what is like so now that you're kind of through this journey in your short amount of time that you've been a professional it's kind of amazing all the stuff that you've done like what advice would you have given yourself now like from what you all know now like when you first started i started what like like this like 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 where you are like your your entrepreneurial journey um that's a good question. I think that, you know, something that part of the entrepreneurial journey, there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And I think that a, like a good piece of advice that I have, I'm still learning is don't take the highs too high and don't take the lows too low. Because yes, like I said, you're going to get a thousand rejections. You're going to get um so many no's but like don't let that way like don't let that dictate who you are what you're doing and what you're working on because not everyone's those people um there is going to be somebody who believes in you and when you get your yes it's great but like you you also need to realize like hey that also doesn't dictate what you're doing and what you're building and all that stuff you need to continue to build you need to continue to grow that it doesn't stop there so um of course you know celebrate it you know be like excited be proud but it's kind of like it's it's like a a little like roadmap like you know you're you hit that next um milestone great but like there's like 20 more to go 
And so I, I, it, it has helped me to realize like, Hey, highs are great. Lows suck, but it's not who I am. It's not what the company is doing. It is just an award or a, or a loss or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I think that that has been helping to just kind of, uh, what's the word like normalize. Um, I don't know. It's mm. like making sure you're like in equilibrium yeah. a little yeah. bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, normalizing is what you do when you're, when you're editing sound. Yeah. Normalizing, it just kind of brings everything together, but no, I mean, yeah. I think that's amazing advice. And so if anyone wants to reach out to you, what is the best place to do that? Yeah. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can look up my name. Um, and then I also have a personal blog. So it's, at, it's called lay health innovation. Um, and playhealthinnovation.com. Um, my company is Wander Health, Wander.health. So yeah, those are kind of the places you can reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. And I'll have all those linked in the show notes below, but thank you for your time. And I wish you nothing but the best. I think you're doing something that's really needed. Thank you so much, Zane, for having me and I uh, really appreciate the conversation we had. Yep. Thank you very much.